I have been to many more funerals than I ever thought I would in a lifetime. And through those experiences, I have seen the healing hand of our Lord and our Father. I have seen it in the time of crisis and great grief when individuals know that spirit, know the spirit of Jesus Christ and it is with them. And they find in the time of disaster a special peace that lives within them. Matter of fact, last week I was talking to a young lady and her father has been in and out of the hospital, it seems like since October, in and out. And she was telling me the last time, dad's going to be okay, regardless of what happens. Regardless. I have recently heard that also for, from Mark Holocker. He's not here today because he just got back from Dallas again. And they, he says, the doctor says, just being around other people, if they have a cold with your resistance being so low, it could be terminal for you, which is just a hacking cough or a runny nose for someone else. And matter of fact, he was in the hospital in Childress before he went, just before he went to Dallas. And the doctor said, you know, this could have killed you, you and I with our immune system as such, we don't give much of a thought. But in Mark's situation, it is. But he has his faith in our Lord and our Savior. He knows it. Mark lives it. When John McGuire was in the hospital, the five bypasses he had, and when he mainlined out, they turned to God. They turned to God for that support. And they gave him the praise. They were singing the joys of praise when, when they came through that okay. But as I look you in the eye, then I see those times that I've sat with you and you've lost loved ones. You've lost loved ones. And it's so, so, uh, in some cases, devastating. I mean, totally. And it might take months, like when I lost my younger brother, and mom and dad, I know for six months going over to their house, it was like the TV was on, but they weren't, they weren't talking. They were just sitting there. Their eyes were glazed over. Such a shock, such a terrible thing to get through. So difficult. But I've also seen you that I'm looking you in the eye Stand on the promises. There's a song about that, isn't it? Standing on the promises. Are we going to sing it? Okay. Did it really? No accidents, folks. Standing on the promises. I have seen you standing on the promises. I had a prayer this morning with a guy that knows the Lord and he too is standing on the promises and he knows no matter what happens in his lifetime and he's been fighting issues and he knows whatever happens, he's going to be okay. This last weekend, he was able to be with his family celebrating a birthday. Did he feel up to it? Not really, but he wasn't going to miss it because he had his kids and his grandkids with him 
and uh, they were having joyous time. But he's also been very close to losing his life. But he's ready. I mean, he's not afraid at all. And this last week I had a discussion with somebody. And it was about, how do you handle this if? How do you handle it if you don't have God? There are so many that do not know God. I don't know how they do it. I just don't know. Billy Graham said when he passes away, they're going to put him in his best suit and lay him in the ground, and he knows exactly what he's dressing up for, and that's to go to see our Lord and our Savior. He's putting on his best suit. And he says those that don't believe, they're just dressing up, and there's no place to go for them. I mean, how do they do it? You may know some people like this. You may know individuals like that. Like the lady that I I was visiting with about her husband. I did not know her husband. Did not know her husband. Known her for months. Knew of her faith. But he never came to church. And then he passed away. And a lot of you know I've sat with you and I've tried to find out things about your loved one. And what I found out was in the 35 years they were married... 35 years, they had never discussed the Lord. 35 years. She could not tell me anything about his spiritual life. 35 years and you don't discuss the Lord? She didn't know if he was going to heaven or hell. Did not know. And I've heard that question several times in the last month where individuals did not know. And it was painful and it is painful to this day. The preparation needs to be far in advance, folks. Not once when you're in intensive care and they're watching the heart monitor. There's better times to find the Lord. But if you find the Lord, then that's great. Just like a thief on the cross. Jesus tells them, you'll be with me in heaven. But too many times they've got tubes in you and you can't talk or anything else. And that's it. But the family suffers because they can't tell you. They cannot tell you if they knew Jesus Christ. And it's amazing how toward the end, those that were so brave beforehand, all of a sudden start thinking about the hereafter. And they may have been critical of every Christian and all of our beliefs, but when it comes down to going across that finish line, they start getting worried. It happens. You are here today seeking the Lord. You're seeking the Lord because you believe in Him. You believe in the Father. You believe in the Son and the Holy Spirit. You believe. But do those people that you know and love, your brothers and sisters, do they? How about your stepfather? Does he know anything about it? Or your stepmother? Do they know? Or your granddad, your grandmother? Your best friend, do they know anything about them? About our Lord? 
You do not have to be a seminary student to sit down with somebody seeking the Lord. You do not have to be a seminary student to tell them what is on your heart about Jesus Christ. Surely, you can share the joy without going to seminary. Why do you worship Him? Why do you believe in Him? Share it. You may change somebody's life, and I'm not talking about just a couple of years. You may share something with them that changes them for eternity. Eternity. Because that's what He's promised us, that we'd have eternity with Him. When I was talking to this friend this morning, he says, he's going to hold... He's going to hold Jesus Christ to his word that there'll be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more needles, no more oxygen, that heaven will be truly a place of blessings. And I said, you got it. That's his promise and that's what you'll have. But when you face death for the last three months, you wonder if the next visit is going to be the last one. And he wants to be assurance that nobody's going to be poking around on him again. God bless you nurses, Misty White. God bless you. I mean, I just got out of there myself, and I'm grateful for every one of y'all and the doctors. But it gets old. Y'all know that. Y'all know that. I don't know how y'all even do it day in and day out. But there is an answer a loud answer. There is Jesus Christ. And as I said this morning, there is nothing too small to go to Him. When you have love for Him and you have an issue, go to Him. Obviously, it can be major things too, like if we're in war, we're asking for peace. We're asking for our soldiers to come back. We're asking for peace within the United States of America. There are those issues. Those issues. A friend of mine said that when he got married that he and his wife made, a, made an agreement that uh, he would handle all the major issues and she was to take care of the minor issues like financings, you know, household finances and raising kids. She was to take care of the little things and he was going to take care of the things like, what do we do in Libya? What do we do in Iran and Iraq? Those were his decisions to make. Y'all were supposed to have laughed. <laughs> do y'all see the satire there? He was smart enough to understand the program. Boy, <laughs> I got to work on delivery or something. But the major issue is Jesus Christ. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do those that you know know Jesus Christ? And if you do love them, don't you want to share it with them? Don't you want to let them know? It's not all that difficult to sit down to a dinner with your family and have blessing before you cut the steak. It's not that difficult. And yet our lives are to be a reflection of Jesus Christ in our words and our action. It does not have to be in words. 
I would love for my life to have kind of a glow that when people see me, that they know there is something special. Without me even opening my mouth, without even telling them that I'm a minister, I'd like for them to see that smile on my face, sparkle in my eyes that says, this guy knows Jesus Christ. This guy is a child of God. What could be better than that? That we touch someone without, without even a conversation. I have been asked to kind of slow down when I give you scriptures. And this morning I'm going to, because there's some of y'all that are following along with me by reading. And the balance of this message will be predominantly from the 14th chapter of John. There was a Nobel Prize winner. His name was William, and I'm going to spell this last one because I sure can't pronounce it, S-A-R-O-Y-A-N. And he won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1981. He was in the hospital. Things were not looking good for him. And he reached over and he picked up the telephone that was in the room. Some of y'all remember there were landlines once upon a time. So he picked up one of the landlines and called one of the uh, editors for one of the newspapers. And being a man that had a Nobel Nobel Peace Prize, that he he knew a lot of the reporters, so he called one. And he says, I always knew there would be a death. There will be an end in life. But I actually thought that I would be the exception. Now what do I do? What do I do? Now it's inevitable. I would hope somebody would feed him with more than cream potatoes and chicken fried steak. I would hope that he would be fed with the Holy Spirit. Someone would take the Bible in and read. Maybe just sit by the the bedside, whether he's awake, whether he's asleep, and share the word of Jesus Christ. The 14th chapter of John is an excellent source for anybody. Jesus is talking about death. And what a better source could we go to? He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, If that were not so, I would have told you, and I'm going away there to prepare a place for you. And I am going away there. And the disciples, he kept talking about death and his death, and they're trying to figure out, what is he talking about? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Just like at the Last Supper when he had communion with his disciples, and he was talking about his blood and his body. The disciples, even at that moment, 12th hour, they didn't know what he was talking about. But you and I do. We're blessed. We know what he was talking about. And he has gone away. In this chapter, the word father is used 22 times. 
and 13 times in the very first 14 verses. He uses the word father, his father. He's going to be with his father. Do you want to know his father? Read the word. Do you, do you want to know his father? Then look at Jesus Christ because he and the father are one. Even the disciples says, we do not know where you're going. And Jesus says, I, and right here in the same chapter, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Understand life. Underline it, highlight it, whatever. I am the life. For when you and I pass away, it's just another chapter in life for us. But please share that good news with others that do not know Him. Please. Give them the best gift they'll ever have. I know a lot of the young people nowadays, when they graduate, they get a new car. I started to tell stories about me in the buck wagon, uh, you know, with our hearts and buggies era, but I'm not going to go there. Don't want to bore y'all again. But they get this, and they think that is the greatest gift they ever received. But no, it's not. And you cannot show more love for anyone than to introduce them to Jesus Christ. For He is the way, He's the truth and the life. If you love me, again, quoting Jesus Christ, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives in you. It lives with you and me. It's the one that when your loved one passes away, that is the Spirit that gives you that strength that you know you don't have. You may not even have the, the strength to go to the graveside service, most less walk away. But when you know Jesus Christ, you know you don't walk alone. You do not walk alone. For Jesus Christ will be with all of his children, with that Holy Spirit. He's not exaggerating when he says that Holy Spirit, I leave it with you. And it says that those that do not believe do not understand because they cannot see What a materialistic society we live in. And if they can't see it, they're not going to believe it. But what we know in our heart and what we have found during these many years is that He does live. That Holy Spirit is alive today as much as it was that day in which He was crucified. It is living for you and for me. That's how we get through these. And we need to love our fellow brothers and sisters enough to tell them about Jesus Christ. Again, you don't have to be a scholar to do it. All this I have spoken, and again, this is the 14th chapter, the 25th verse. All this I have spoken while while still with you. But the advocate... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace, peace I leave with you. My peace. I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Someday you and I are going to give up this mortal body. And do not be afraid. Between now and then, we're going to go through some very difficult times. We have in the past and we will in the future. But we're not walking alone. You will not be alone. So fear not. Fear not. For you are not alone. Your partner, your partner. I've been in partnerships before, but never one like this one. Your partner is Jesus Christ. In Revelations, I'm throwing you a curve now, but it is the last book in the Bible. Revelations 3 in the 15th chapter, I mean verse. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You've had lukewarm water in your mouth. Doesn't taste good at all. I'm not real crazy about hot water, but I kind of like hot coffee. But because you're neither one, I'm going to spit you out. I'm asking you to be on fire for Jesus Christ. To be on fire so that your light cannot be put out no matter what happens in your life. We could have the next tornado and everything around us could be torn to shreds. We might have the National Guards in here to... to, uh, Stand guard on the streets so people aren't looting. It's a miserable situation. But there is a tomorrow, and there is a Jesus Christ that will see you through. And I guarantee you, in the area of Canton, that is what the Christians are saying. I can rebuild my house, I can get another car, I can get another tractor. As long as I have my life. How long do you want to have your life? I hope you want it for eternity. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Whoever has ears... Let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the churches. Churches are made up by individuals. We are the church. He that has ears, let him hear. So be it. So be it. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you, for we know you are present at this very moment. We know that you are in this holy spot and you are in the hearts and soul of those that believe. Dear Lord, let us never turn away. Let us never turn our back on Jesus Christ. Let us never just be lukewarm, but let us be on fire for the Lord.
Let us be one that inspires others that are non-believers. Not just with words, but sometimes just with the kindness that we will reflect your love, Lord. I ask your Lord, you be with each one of this church family of mine. Be with them as they leave this day. Let them leave knowing the presence of Christ is truly with them. For it is in your name we pray.